Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is Sunday, March 22nd, and this is episode 14. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and I don't talk to you about what I know. I talk to you about what I want to know. On today's show, we have a guest on. It's Jim Willis of Full Metal Outdoors, and we talk turkey. Um, I've never actually turkey hunted. I have been so flipping busy for the last two years of my life that I just haven't found the time to go. That's my bad. I'm sure I could make it happen, but I really wanted to go with someone when I first go so I can learn um, from experience versus just walking out there like a bumbling idiot myself. I'm sure I could figure it out, but it might be a mess. That said, um, because I want to know more about turkey hunting, decided to bring on a guest with some decent experience. Uh, in addition, uh, Jim will tell you at the end of the podcast or his interview that he does a couple other things, which I find personally really awesome and also extremely valuable and interesting. If you're a hunter, you're going to want to stick around to hear that. Um, in addition, just some some notes for, for today. wanted to go ahead and announce that uh, turkey um, tags or license sales go on sale Tomorrow, March 23rd for Zone 1, Zone 2, March 24th, Zone 3, March 25th, so on and so forth, uh, all the way down to Zone 7, so uh, Zone 4, March 26th, 5, the 27th, and then the 27th for the for Zone 6 and 7 as well. And then in terms of when those start, the start date for this turkey season in spring is April 15th through, t- through the 21st for Zone 1. Uh, I can rattle off the rest of the dates, but that's kind of boring. So you can check that out at the DNR's website, dnr.wi.gov slash permits slash spring turkey. And you can check that out there. Uh, just to keep things moving along quickly, I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest, Jim. So enjoy. All right, we're going to go ahead and welcome Jim Willis to the show. Jim is with Full Metal Outdoors. Jim, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. I'm yourself. Doing good. Thanks, man. Thanks for uh, you know working through this with me and, and being a guest on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Great to be here. Rock on. So let's start off with a couple of things. I just want to cover the gist of who you are, um, what you're with, and what your experience is. We're going to be talking turkey today. So mm-hmm. what, um, let's see here. How long have you been turkey hunting? Well, I've been turkey hunting probably about six years now. I'll be um, going into my sixth season um, this spring in a couple of weeks. Cool. And before I hit the, the record button tonight, you mentioned that uh, you're just simply looking to find more ways to get outside in the woods and spend time hunting other than just deer. So that's kind of, that was the next transition, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. And you've had, you've had uh, pretty good success with it so far? Oh yeah. I've, um, I've taken, uh, um, two birds the past couple of years. It took me a couple of years to really kind of get the hang of, uh, how to how to turkey hunt and how to get around them. It's kind of a whole different animal than deer hunting, in my opinion. So there's a little bit of a learning curve, but um, I managed to big uh, Jake both uh, the past two seasons. That's cool. So if someone like myself, I 
I know as little as there is to know about turkey hunting, other than the small things I've caught here and there. Um, when you're when you're getting a, a big Jake, when you're shooting for that type of bird, well, a lot of the pictures that people share with where to hunt and that I see just in general have like huge beards and things of that nature. Do you, how does that stuff factor into, you know, um, comparing that to like a, an antler rack or something on a buck? Well, um, the real trophy that everybody seems to look at is um, what the beards look, how how long the beards are, how big the fan is, how big the birds are, how much they weigh. Um, there's a lot of things that go into, you know, how people judge turkeys. Um, so, um, I kind of look at it as the trophy for me is more the experience of being out there turkey on cause it's, it, it can just get downright crazy when you're in the middle of it and you're surrounded by a flock of turkeys. It's a pretty cool experience. That's really what I go out to do for. I don't go out to try and shoot, uh, 10, 11 inch beard, 26 pound bird. I'm just out to enjoy the whole of experience of what hunting is to me. That is, that is, um, altruistically the same reason I like to hunt. It's the experience, the adventure, the thrill, that kind of stuff. I'm that is exactly, it. exactly. So turkey hunting, when you're saying it's like crazy, is it, so is it more, it's more interactive than deer hunting, right? There's a more of a, more of like a back and forth with the calling. Oh yeah, um, it's definitely a lot more exciting in some ways than deer hunting. And deer hunting, a lot of times, just sitting in a tree stand, you're waiting for the deer to walk by. You can spend hours, if not days, in there without seeing another deer. When it comes to turkeys, you're actually out there. You're trying to call them. Um, it's a, it's definitely a lot more interactive, as you say, between the, um, you and the birds. Um, it's, yeah, it's. Definitely a lot more exciting, in my opinion. You get to do a lot of different things that you can't do when you're hunting deer. That's fun. So, because you have a production company, uh, is that have you filmed any turkey hunts? Oh yeah, I've filmed a couple of them. Last year, um, I filmed. I had a cameraman following me along with me. Actually, the past two years, I just haven't been able to get a successful harvest on film. Sure. But I've got the whole I've got the whole hunts done. But it seems uh, when I've got my past two birds there are the days that my cameraman couldn't come out with me and i just went out solo yeah well then lo and behold do you get one too that's how it works <laughs> oh yeah every time going fishing by yourself look at this big fish oh wait no one's here that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it yeah um there's a good there's a good thing for uh social media at least people can believe me because i can upload the pictures yeah you take a little selfie with you in the pike or whatever you have for sure i've done that oh, a yeah. times you, know, you have to believe me. I swear I took the picture. Uh, so <laughs> one of the questions I had, too, and, and you may or may not know this, but this is just something I wanted to know, and a lot of what I do with the show is answering the things that I kind of want to know. So oh, yeah. myth or fact, is is a turkey's eyesight really as good as everyone says it is? Yeah. Okay. You, you, you move your right hand at 100 yards away from the turkey to the woods. I think that thing will see you if you're not hiding up, hiding very good. They definitely got great eyesight. How often do you see deer when you're hunting turkey? Unfortunately, all the time. Yep. That's, <laughs> I ask that because I see turkeys every stinking time I'm deer hunting. And I'm thinking, I bet you if I went turkey hunting, I wouldn't see a damn one. You know, that's the, one of the big things that got me into turkey hunting to begin with is in the fall. In the, um, when I first, the first year or two I started doing it, I had seen, well, through so many years, I had seen so many turkeys while bow hunting in the fall that I just got a tag just in case those birds would come through while I'm sitting in my tree stand and be able to take a bird in the fall. Sure. 
Of course, I was never that lucky because every time I got a tag for turkey, I would never see any turkey that both season. That's the way it goes. Yep, that is the way it goes. I was hunting, um, gosh, I don't know where I was, and I had, it was a, it was fall, obviously, as deer hunting, as bull hunting, and I had turkeys, like, fl- like, I don't know if they were going into roost or coming out of roost, I don't know what was going on, but they were flying down around me. It was crazy. It was crazy. They were everywhere around mm-hmm. me. They didn't see me. They didn't know, and I didn't move. I was just like, I was gonna. I just enjoyed it. It was really cool. Um, oh, none, yeah. Nonetheless, what what are the differences between spring and fall turkey? Have you hunted both seasons? Oh yeah, I've hunted both seasons. Um, fall, it seems to be a little bit easier when it comes to uh, getting the tops because just like deer during the rut, they're more paying attention to the females, to the hens that are walking around and trying to find them rather than in the fall, they're just mainly going for hitting food sources. So in the fall, you might want to hunt cornfields, soybean fields, someplace where the turkeys are going to be going to feed. Um, In the springtime, I like to hunt mainly the roosts. So I get them flying down, and then when they're going to chase the hens and try and hook up with them, that's when I can cut them off in the springtime. It seems to be a little bit easier in the spring. Hmm. That's interesting. So it seems like they might be a little easier to pattern in the fall, but spring, you can kind of, similarly, you're predicting their habits, so you can try to get where they are. It makes sense. Yeah, exactly. That's fun. What what type of equipment do you, do you think is most necessary? Because there's, you could, you could take anything to full max and and just start buying everything you need. I mean, in terms of ice fishing, you could get the Vexlar and this, and then sometimes you just don't need all that stuff. What do you think is necessary to start out? The most necessary thing, there's a couple things. One thing, you want good camouflage. As we elaborated to earlier, um, the turkey's eyesight is great. So you want to definitely try and hide from that. Um, besides camel, the I like to keep things simple. I don't carry a backpack full of calls and decoys and blinds out in the woods. I like to keep it simple. Carry maybe two calls with me. But the most important thing is your ammo selection. You're going to want to right, have the right ammo in your shotgun for the turkeys because there's a lot of them that you might be able to take a bird at, say, 20, 25, 30 yards with one kind of ammunition, and that's about your max you're going to be able to shoot. When you got other ammo out there that claims to at least be able to take birds at 40, 45 without a problem. So matching up your right ammo with the right terrain and what kind of shooting you're going to be doing is I think most critical. That's good to know. And that, that was one of the questions I had in here. So, um, are, so are you bringing, like, are you using a shotgun when you go and then you're bringing, like, are you bringing birdshot and then a slug or what, what is it that you're doing? Um, no, I, I usually, well, I go for turkey loads, which is going to be a heavier load, a little bit bigger BB than, say, your pheasant loads or your okay. clay loads. Makes sense. You're going to want a, a, a good turkey load, and right now there's they're coming out with some really, really decent ones on the market that I've been seeing. I'm just not sure what I'm going to be picking up this year. It all depends on mm-hmm. what I can find, and, of course, you got always got look, got to look at your budget. You don't have to go out and spend the most amount of money on the best, the most powerful shells. Just kind of get what you can afford that's the best of what you can afford. Makes sense. Yeah, especially if you're just getting into it. You don't want to... Exactly. You don't want to go and spend a... You don't want to spend a crap load of money and then realize you're not really into turkey hunting when you're starting out. Get the basics and just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. That's a good good tip. Do you use... When you go or when you have gone over the past six years, have you used any decoys? I'm not a fan of them. My brother keeps giving me crap all the time because I don't take decoys out in the woods. 
Um, but like I said, I'm a person that likes to keep it simple. If you get weighted down with too much stuff, um, if you get, if you're calling and you're getting on a bird, you don't want to take that extra time to go around and strategically place your decoys. I like to pay more attention to what the bird's doing more than me. I don't like having to set up a blind and sitting in the same spot and calling. Cause in my opinion, the birds can kind of know something's up when you're sitting there calling and that call isn't moving through the woods. I've never seen a flock of hens that was just sitting in one spot. Yeah. They're usually, on so the I like that. Yeah. I like to move around a bit too, just so one, it, it kind of makes it look a little realer and it gets a little more exciting uh, of a hunt to me than just sitting in a ground blind for four or five hours tripping call. Yeah. I mean, I, the one benefit of a ground blind is, you know, you can resist the weather, but in spring it should be pretty fair aside from maybe some rain. You know, I, no, April, April showers bring May flowers. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not the kind that wants to sit in a blind either. I, I feel like if I got, I got impatient, I want to move around. You had a name for it before I hit the record button. What did you say you were calling it? The, the talk and stock. Talk and stock. I like it. Talk and stock. So, and you, you said you kind of compared that to the same as um, sit and stock. Still hunting. hunting. Or still hunting, yeah. Still hunting, yep. Cool. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. you got to move quietly and swiftly and kind of methodically, I'd imagine, because if you're, if you're near them and they see you, that would be a problem. But, you know, oh, just, yeah, very much so. Keeps it like, exciting, uh, Oh yeah, like as, as a reference, this past this uh, last spring when I was uh, turkey hunting, I used this method in Washera County. Um, I had as soon as I got down to the truck and started walking around and chirping my calls, I usually walk out of my truck right at just before dawn when they should be just starting to wake up, and I'll chirp my call out in the parking lot, and then I'll hear from around me where the gobbles are coming from. If there's any times in the immediate area that'll answer me. And then I'll just sit there and pretty much stalk that bird while chirping the call. Because the bird thinks that you are a group of hens because you're moving through the woods. And he hastens up his step to try and catch up with you. And every time you chirp, he gobbles. So you can actually pinpoint exactly how far away he is when he gets, depending on how thick of a cover. If you're walking through fairly thick cover, you can say stop about 75 yards away from where you think that bird is and then try calling them to you. That is so exciting. Oh, that it, sounds it's, it's so exciting. It's the best way to hunt them, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely not a boring, monotonous, I'm going to sit in the ground. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but for, oh, no. for me, someone like myself, I, I, I like your methodology uh, a lot. It's, it's definitely striking a chord with how I think I would want to pursue it. Yeah, it, it kind of brings back the primal essence of hunting, in my opinion. You look at um, the Native Americans, the Indians, the people that are originally on this continent hunted turkeys. They weren't going out there chirping calls. They were When they were hunting, they'd put on their animal skins and crawl through the field towards a herd of deer and try and sneak up on them. That, I think, is a lot more like the style that I like to hunt, and that's, to me is more of the essence of hunting than sitting in your ground blind, using your calls, hoping the bird comes to you. It's just, it's not quite as, it's not quite hunting to me as much as the original way to do it like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree. Though I, I would have to imagine some element of uh, once you get them to respond to and there's that back and forth, it could still be exciting. 
and the anti- like the anticipation and stuff. And <laughs> I just had a, a, like a mental image in my mind of putting like a deer skin on to go deer hunting and thought, Oh, that'd be good and dandy all the way up until that's right. There's hundreds of thousands of people at a hunt, and I'd probably get blasted. Someone thought I was a deer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the best way to go about deer hunting. Maybe if you're that, in like but... Canada and you know and there's no one around or something, then you might get eaten by a bear. Who knows? It's funny. Yeah, can you imagine? But no, that that is that would... interesting. I bet you that yeah, that's probably how it was done way, way, way back when. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. You know, you got guys like uh, I don't know. If, I, I've watched Whitetail Adrenaline, and they, they'll run around that cardboard cutout sometimes. I'm like, holy crap, these guys are nuts, you know? Well, I, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, different shows on turkeys and how they respond to different calls, different things, especially during the mating season. And it turns out that once a tom thinks you're a turkey in the movement, those, those cardboard cutouts can be very effective because, sure, they see the fan, and but they're not they're just paying attention to the fan not what's behind it so you can be holding up that fan or that decoy walking in and they're just going to think you're another turkey they're they get really really stupid when they're when um it comes to mating season i think quite a bit more than white tails do interesting yeah as do most males in general but yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah they're famous <laughs> on that. i like that okay well, that's cool um and then in, in relation to that here um what 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 type of calls are there and then what do you use when like what do you do a gobble you do that i know people get that scratch it's like, like that kind of stuff or yeah, yeah like it, like i said before i like to keep it simple um i don't like going out there i know a lot of people that go out they got their turkey hunting best they got six seven different calls on them for every scenario imaginable but if you just keep it simple and choose your one or two calls but i bring is a slate or a glass call just with a you got the striker and you just chirp across the plate i I bring one of those out and two striker handles to try calling them in or i'll bring along that maybe a box call in my pocket just in case something were to happen to that call uh, i at least got a backup i haven't got um i haven't really wanted to go out and get a whole bunch of calls just because I like the keep it simple kind of way to do things when it comes yep. to hunting. Less to forget when you're leaving the truck. <laughs> yeah, plus there's if you bring out so much things and throw everything but the kitchen sink at them, there's just so many other things that can go wrong. If you just keep it simple and just bring out your one or two calls, there's less for you to be able to mess up. Just master one call, maybe two calls, and it should be really all you need. That's good information to know. That's really good to know. Master one or two. I like it. I saw someone do a um, uh, demonstration like on a YouTube video, like a review of one, and it was one where you just simply ha- you hold it in your hand, and it it looks like a type of accordion or something. You just wiggle it back and forth. I was like, well, that's... Mm. But so my, my initial thought with that is thinking that I thought, uh, you know, their eyesight was so good. I don't know if I'd want to <laughs> be ripping my arm. Yep like that, uh, like back and forth that hard just to make a sound. So I thought that was yeah, definitely factor too. Definitely the less movement, the better. That's why I like those little slate calls because they're small. You can keep them down in your lap and you ain't got to worry about raising them off. You ain't got to worry about too much movement. And you can even turn it off to the side so they can't see your striker move they, because it's blocked by the call itself. Hmm. You just got a lot less movement. The less movement you can do, the better, especially when they get in close. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Cool. Rock on. Uh, I, some of the stuff we already we covered just by talking, which is a common 
So I think the last thing I had here was a shot placement on a bird. I think commonsensically speaking, most people would know where to put the, the round or the arrow or whatever, but when you're looking at a bird, where, where should you be aiming for those that don't know? Well, it, it all depends on the weapon you decide to take out with you. When you're hunting with a shotgun, it's going to spray out a whole bunch of pellets. It's going to take out that 10 BBs that it's got inside the shell or whatever it has in there. And if you go for a body shot, you're going to be picking those out when you're trying to eat the bird. So what I like to do is aim at the base of the neck, not the head, not the body, but the base of the neck where the neck hits the body. Mm-hmm. Because then with the spread, you're covering most of the part of the neck, and you're pretty much, you're the bird's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, if you exactly. shoot it, if you shoot it, yeah. If you take a body shot, it'll take them out, no problem. But you got to worry about taking the pellets out of your meat. Makes a lot of sense. And uh, it, t- taking it forward from there, I, I guess this will be a great opportunity because this is the that's the last thing I have on my list here to wrap up, but. Speaking of taking the pellets out of the meat, let's talk about what else you do because it's pretty freaking cool in my opinion. In my in my opinion, I think what you're what else, the other things you're doing is is awesome. So I'll let you talk about that for a second. <laughs> you you must be referring to uh, the camel cook. Hell um, the yeah. Camel, <laughs> the camel cook is um, a little um, cooking tutorial kind of thing, so to speak, that I have set up on social media pages such as Facebook and YouTube. I I go through, I do so much hunting and fishing that my freezer is always well stocked with all sorts of wild game. And I've come up with millions of ways to cook every little thing. And I figured a lot of people might want to see that. So I started making videos for the camo cook, explaining some of my favorite recipes, doing some short videos on them and sharing to the public just how I like to cook my wild game. I've been a restaurant executive chef and fine dining chef for over 20 years now, so cooking has definitely been my thing. So I figured why not combine the two between cooking and hunting and, you know, try and uh, entertain the masses with that. Yeah, bringing the professional acumen of having that experience for 20 20 years is more than, I mean, most hunters can cook, right? But not not that way, I can't imagine. So you you bring that to the table for me, and I've already watched a couple of your videos and I'm 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 jacked, man. I got a freezer full of venison, so <laughs> I'm pretty. Oh, I like them. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really cool. And what else? What do you have? One more, right? Yeah, uh, Full Metal Outdoors is my uh, hunting and fishing kind of uh, production company. We shoot a lot of videos. We do a lot of social media tips, tactics, and uh, kind of bring show the world how us Wisconsin guys like to do it. Oh yeah, man. Rock so. Super cool. So then, and then where can people find you then? Uh, Facebook, YouTube, you said, Twitter as well. Yeah, uh, Facebook, all you got to do is go there, search for, do a search for The Camel Cook and Full Metal Outdoors, and you should be able to find me no problem. I'm on YouTube. My YouTube channel would be Willis Outdoors One. That's all one word. That's my YouTube channel, and you can find uh, all the videos we put out. We haven't done... A whole, we haven't got a whole lot. I think there's only like a about I think 15 videos or so that are on there, but it's all it's all it's all pretty good stuff. It spans over the past well since we started uh, doing filming for Full Metal Outdoors and Willis Outdoors Productions about 10 years ago or so. Rock on! Yeah, and then awesome. yeah, and then you can then you can also find my uh, my writings, my articles over on the Wild World of Carrie Z. I do a lot of. Uh, tutorials and how-tos and reviews and all that stuff. So um, 
pretty much everything in the outdoors world over at Wild World Carrie Z. Yeah, Carrie Z is awesome. I Carrie is awesome. She's had me on her show. We've had her on uh, the other one that I do, and uh, she's doing great things over there. I really like it. Oh yeah, she's fun to work with. <laughs> it's cool. How long have you been writing for? Her? Uh what about uh I want to say June of 2013, I think I started writing for her. So it's going on two years now. Yeah, rock on. Cool. We'll be sure to check that out as well. Well, on that note, oh, yeah. um, I, I got to thank you again for taking the time out of your evening to uh, hang out with us on the podcast. And you can probably look for this within the next day or so, okay? All right, great. It was great talking to you. You too, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Jim. Bye. Yep, bye. Looking for a spot to hunt? Download the free Where to Hunt app for your smartphone today. Avoid hunters, see less people, see more deer. With the Where to Hunt app, you will know where other hunters are before you see them. Just search Where to Hunt from the App Store to download today. Just want to thank Jim one more time again for being a guest on the show. It was a great, informative uh, interview. Uh, just one more time, he also has the cooking the cooking show on YouTube, and uh, he calls himself the Camo Cook, which there's some pretty awesome recipes on there, bacon fried, deer heart, uh, venison, also buco, uh, hot hot dog a la buddy heater, okay, all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> I'm just kind of reading them off here. So check that out. Also, some really awesome cooking tips, especially if you're into turkey hunting. I'm sure he's got some on there for turkeys as well. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you can give me a, a, some feedback on iTunes, I'd really uh, appreciate it. I'd be very gracious if you could do that. Good rating, bad rating, hopefully a good rating, of course. That'd be awesome. But feedback is um, necessary for me to keep these shows going so I know what you want to hear. That said, I want to say uh, thanks again for listening. Keep in mind, uh, turkey season is right around the corner, so best of luck to everybody. Probably uh, see some photos coming through the Where to Hunt page as well. Um, Well, have a great day and uh, hunt public.